Welcome to the fucking show. And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello and welcome to Carson Sack Podcast. This is episode 89. On this week's episode of the Sack, we have a brief mail sack. We have a huge weekend of college football to talk about. We have a big, big weekend for the NFL in week four. Before we get into that, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good shit on iTunes. And now we get into the mail sack. Our first question comes from Adam Blanford, who asks, do you think the Steelers will recover from the Bengals waxing that ass on their home turf? Blandy, I appreciate you sending your question in. I can't wait to hopefully maybe go to a Bengals game this year with you, see some Bengals, Day, all that other good shit. Um, to answer your question, will the Steelers rebound and recover from this loss? There's ample opportunity to do that. Right now, it seems like they're facing a very big uphill battle, starting with the quarterback play. I said that before week one that I thought that was going to be an issue. The Steelers were able, as we know, to pull off the upset in week one against the Bills, but since then have looked extremely pedestrian. They're now facing a ton of injuries in their wide receiver room and on the defensive side of the ball with T.J. Watt out as well with the groin injury. It seems as though it's going to be an uphill battle. I don't know which one of those is going to be the easiest to fix out of those two problems, the injuries or the quarterback play. You would assume the injuries, if they can get Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson and then get T.J. Watt back, that team becomes instantly better with all those guys. But with three out of those four guys, you got the biggest problem, I think, in Roethlisberger being the distributor to them. And that's where every all hell breaks loose and everything breaks down. I don't know if Ben's going to be able to flip some kind of switch and look even just okay in a game so far this year. He has not looked great. Um, if I recall correctly, he threw the ball 58 times. That is not a recipe for success at all. I get game flow dictates sort of the type of plays you're going to call and falling behind like they did. It was conducive for them to throw the ball and everything, but that's not Steelers football. I don't think it ever was, and I can't imagine it ever will be, but can the Steelers recover? They certainly can, but there seems like there's a ton of questions that they're going to have to answer for them to recover. But uh, a good big win for this young Bengals team to go into Pittsburgh on Heinz Field and beat the Steelers. Our next question comes from Jack Maldun, who asks, top three beers. I think mine are Tailgate, Lake, and Airport. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. I am not a big airport beer guy. I on I will drink an airport beer, but I'm not the biggest fan of airport beer, so they do not make my top three. My number three beer is the second beer 
for a day of long drinking. I say the second beer because the first one, it, it jolts you awake. You're alive, you're ready to go. That second one, you're certainly not going to be drunk. I assume you aren't. But that second one, you start to you loosen up a little bit. You, you get in a, a little bit of a groove, if you will. Um, the second beer of a all-day drink is something that I relish and look forward to because I, I just feel a little bit looser. I feel like I'm more relaxed, uh, a bit more not goofy or silly, just I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit more after that second one. The, se- the official second beer would probably have to be the lake beer. I don't think... There's many things better. There is one better. I don't think there's anything mostly better than the lake beer. You're there on the water with your friends, hopefully with your friends or family. You crack a cold one. Very good. And honestly, the lake beer, I'd even also say the lake seltzer in this new day and age. Pretty good. Pretty high up there. And then my 1A, 1B favorite beers, a free beer right away and then Tom Brady just like his Super Bowls uh what's my favorite one it's the next one that's my favorite beer the next one uh so there are my three rankings of beers for you Jack our next question or statement really comes from Kennedy Poston who says I feel as there should be altering golf courses like a golf course but uneven not mowed regular etc basically just a wild field and a hole thoughts there certainly are golf courses like that um some people would say public golf courses are like that some of them in the worse worser or worse conditions than the private ones um there are tons of nice well-kept golf courses and there are some that aren't kept up as well it's all about just finding them i I can't imagine, unfortunately, though, if there was this, as you said it, just a wild field and a hole, many people would play it unless it is super scenic or there's a good story behind it compared to when I think a lot of people that play golf, they care about the course conditions and being able to have success and everything on those. So I I don't know. I, I don't hate your idea, but I don't know how popular it would be next question comes from connor barnes who asks are the cards back connor are the cards back to the cards own the state of florida people are saying both and i will say the win against ucf as i detailed last week was fantastic ucf with what they did that's a good team the cardinals beat a good team this game against florida state this past week i think objectively it's it's hard to tell right now if Florida State is a good team. I certainly don't think they're by any means a great team. And I don't know if we know for sure right now if they're a bad team. There's still a ton of football left for them to play this season where they could become and be respectable. But right now, they're 0-3 or 0-4, whatever they're sitting at. And you went on the road, and I get that's a, that's a, that's a good win to follow up after the big win from Louisville and... Louisville over UCF, not be a letdown. You got to go on the road. All this stuff that's that's great. Um, it'll be 
Interesting to see what the Cards do this week against Wake Forest. I still hold steadfast that I think Boston College is going to be the Cardinals' worst loss. They have that game coming up in a little bit. The Cards also have to take on Clemson at some point this year. There's still some big question marks, then answers that possibly Louisville can answer for them. But... I think they enter a very critical part of their schedule right now with going to Wake Forest, hosting Virginia with Virginia and their quarterback, I think is one of the better in the country, extremely slept on at the moment. Armstrong for Virginia, I'll just read it off, 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. It'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals' defense can slow him down. And then, again, I remain steadfast in my thought that in – three weeks, two weeks' time on the 23rd of October that Boston College comes into Cardinal Stadium and they give you all the worst loss of the year. I cannot speak more highly on Halfley as quarterback, uh, excuse me, as the head coach. The quarterback for Boston College is what concerns me a little bit because right now he's only got 477 yards and four touchdowns, but I will get to that later. For now... The cards are, they're at like the shoulder blade. You ask if they're back, they're at the shoulder blade. They're, they're creeping up the body. They're almost to the shoulders, almost enough to peek on over and see the back. But I think if they can go two and three and that last win is the Boston College game and they roll into some with some momentum to the North Carolina State and the Clemson game and they somehow beat one of those two teams then they might be all the way back but right now you're at the shoulder blade for me you're not officially back yet we uh continue on Polly Marino Ask, how do you think my first NFL game will go? Uh, for the listeners, Polly Marino and I are going to a Chargers-Browns game in Los Angeles on October 10th, so in two Sundays. Um, hopefully, it goes well. I don't see a reason why it would go poorly. NFL games are usually pretty good to go to. I say that, so knock on wood. Hopefully, nothing terrible happens. Um more than likely, you'll get drunk, um, too drunk like you normally do for events. You'll be annoying, um, and it'll prompt me to be very annoyed with you and want to leave early or just not talk to you for the majority of the game. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I could easily see that happening because it's it's sort of right out of your playbook. It happens a lot with some events, but hopefully that doesn't happen, and hopefully we go and have a good time. Uh, Mike Bennett is back with a set of questions. He asks, number one, is P really stored in the balls? Mike, I haven't uh, done any further research uh, from my statements last week. If it is, great. If it isn't, I'm fine with that too. I I was under the impression that it was, but it could not be. It, who's to say, honestly, these days? It's my body. Let me decide where the The P is stored. And then he also asked, can you explain why Justin Thomas has beef with the Barstool podcast foreplay? I don't believe he has beef with them in the fact, I think it was more of a joking, playful thing. I assume you're referencing the video that came out after the Ryder Cup this past week, which which was an incredible event, a big win for the United States team as they routed Europe and set the all-time points record. That's a whole other discussion. I'm not going to talk about the Ryder Cup for 
2023. Too many people are already doing that. So much can change until then. Let's just, as the American team and the American fans, I assume, enjoy the win and bask in that before we get right away. But back to your point, Michael. The video you're talking about, Riggs decided because Kevin Kisner and Tiger Woods, I believe, weren't going to be on this year's team, which it came out that Tiger was sort of involved as a assistant captain by texting from home and probably talking to Stricker about things a lot. But Kisner was left off the team that Riggs, the lead person for that podcast, was going to become a European fan for the week. And Justin Thomas has spoken to and been on the podcast before and speaks to them at the events that Foreplay decides to show up to. So I think it was more of a lighthearted um, jab and a quip remark from JT to a group of his friends in the Foreplay guys rather than actual beef. If this is not the case, Michael, and there actually is beef, please send over some information. I am unaware of this. I do not keep up with Barstool's Foreplay podcast as much um a plug here a free ad i am much more of a bigger fan of no lane up the golf podcast shout out to those guys they had some incredible coverage of the Ryder cup this past week um so i keep up more with golf through them than i do barstool but um if there is an actual riff and i totally misinterpreted this question then let me know and uh, i will readdress it mike thank you for sending your questions and then our last question comes from dan hance who asks who surprised you the most out of all the rookies so far through the first couple of weeks i think jamar chase he he's not surprised me a ton but from all the narratives that people tried to spin in the preseason about the catching troubles he's had to being a wide receiver with four or five, I believe four touchdown catches already through the first three weeks, that's super impressive. Uh, Najee Harris has come and played extremely well, I think, as well. Uh, Newsom, the cornerback for the Browns, he's played very well. He's dealing with an injury now. Micah Parsons for the Cowboys think he's done extremely well not a total surprise I think the offensive tackle for the Chargers has played the best as a rookie um the guy from Northwestern that they took he's played extremely well the surprise bad wise I guess um would probably have to be Kyle Pitts but he's not even playing that bad it's just a hard transition to make from a college tight end to a NFL tight end we've seen it before in that rookie year tight ends that have had success at the college level sort of take some time to adjust and struggle we're seeing that with TJ Hawkerson um in his third year I believe he's sort of finally starting to become that guy that when they the Lions did draft him, they thought he was going to be. So those are some people that are surprising me um, in some good and some bad ways. Thank you, uh, everybody, for sending your questions. Again, a little lighter this week on the mail sack, but that's no big deal. Totally fine. As long as we get some questions in every week, I'll answer them. Thank you. As always, this segment is impossible to do without you all sending questions in. So uh, it's greatly appreciated. It means a lot, and it helps me out a ton. Thank you very much. And without further ado, let's get into NFL Week 4 here on Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls.
Week four gets underway on Thursday night as the Jaguars travel north to Cincinnati. Jaguars sitting at 0-3 and the Bengals sitting at 2-1. I really just find it hard to think of any way that the Jaguars win this game. I think offensively, the Bengals are better, and I think defensively, certainly, the Bengals are better. Uh, the Jaguars were able to keep it close a little bit last week for, with the Cardinals for about a half uh, because of a 109-yard or 110-plus uh, missed field goal kick return for a touchdown. Uh, besides that, Trevor Lawrence is still looking like a rookie, which is okay. That's understandable. He's got five touchdowns on the year to seven interceptions uh the rushing yards for the year for James Robinson is still a bit concerning but with game flow and just the Jaguars being behind all the time he's not getting the touches in the ground game like he usually did at times last year he's only got 160 yards on the ground and one touchdown um for the Jaguars as well Marvin Jones 194 yards and two touchdowns through the air but as I said the Bengals I just think they're overall the better team. Joe Burrow has looked fairly good at times this year. There's been times when he has struggled, but I think that's more sort of maybe play calling and just trying to do too much at times. But that's that's stuff you can live with at times, the trying to do too much. But the play calling by Zach Taylor, that still needs to be addressed. The offensive line, for them, I still think is a question mark, but I don't think the Jaguars have enough talent on their defensive front seven to exploit that. Uh, Josh Allen, for them, for the Jaguars, is a good young piece, but I don't think good enough to go and wreck havoc all by himself. So I will go with the Bengals to win that game on Thursday night. The next game I'd like to look at is the Browns and the Vikings. This is a sack pick this week. Get it at minus two for the Browns. I understand that Yes, it can still lose. Browns win by one, Browns wins by two. But I really think this is more of just the Browns winning this game, and I think they all are the better team. The Vikings' offense is pretty good. Um, We saw that they're capable of putting up points in bunches, uh, 30 points, 34 and 27 the last couple weeks. But I don't think they faced a defense as good as the Browns have. Um, you go and they face the Bengals defense the first week, the Cardinals, and then the Seahawks this past week. I think the Browns defense is better than those. We saw last week. I understand the circumstances, a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields on the Bears and a terrible defensive line. But the Browns were able to get nine sacks last week, four and a half of those by Miles Garrett himself. I don't expect to have those type of numbers every week, but uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the Browns have the best pass rush win grade in the NFL. Do I know what the fuck that means? Not totally, but it means they're getting pressure on the quarterback at a high rate, which is perfect, especially against a team like the Vikings. I don't think Kirk Cousins is super mobile, and I think when he gets in trouble is when he has to make decisions quickly and he has to rely on his arm to win the game for them if Dalvin Cook isn't cooking and doing well and it becomes a super one-dimensional offense and the Browns defense can pin their ears back then I think this leads to a Browns victory the Browns on offense as well Baker Mayfield is still hovering around he 
a very good game manager and at times a gunslinger. It would be nice to see if he could find the end zone a little bit more through the air, but as always, this Cleveland Browns offense is going to run and be dictated by the run game. Nick Chubb threw three games so far, three touchdowns, 262 yards. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 10 receptions, 104 yards, the leading receiver. Uh, but those one-two punches of Hunt and Chubb, chunt, if you will, um, I'm probably going to say it every week, but I think they're the best one-two punch at the running back position in the NFL and the Browns offense and their success starts with those two. And I think the Browns end up winning this game in Minnesota. The next game, you have the Steelers going to the Packers. A ton of question marks, as I said earlier, for the Steelers about the availability of their wide receiving core and TJ Watt. I think the Packers right now, they are rolling. They stumble and come out flat in week one against the Saints. But since then, they go and they beat the 49ers, a team that's had their number the past couple years in their home place on a 37-second last drive comeback led by Aaron Rodgers, vintage Aaron Rodgers. And then the week before that, they go and they beat the Lions on Monday night who looked frisky against San Francisco in the first game but sort of came back to earth. So the Packers, I think, are improving the defense still questionable at times and it would be nice if there was a more consistent number two option in the passing game for Aaron Rodgers Scantley had himself a good game this past week but again not consistently but Aaron Jones has come on strong uh, you go back to that Lions game he had four touchdowns that himself that game Devontae Adams is still one of if not the best receivers in the NFL and the Steelers, I don't think their defense is going to be able to stop them, and I think the offense is going to come up woefully short. So I take the Packers over the Steelers in this one. The next game, the Washington football team goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Washington last week getting just absolutely obliterated by the Bills, 43-21. It was never really close, the Bills having their most Bills game, and Washington, which... They thought was going to be a strength for them this year. Their defense hasn't shown up in a ton of games. Um, the first game, they limit to the Chargers to 20 points. That should be enough to get a victory. I think anything 21 and under, you should be able to outscore that as an offense in the NFL, but they just were not able to. And then that second game, they give up 29. This last game, 43. Uh, Heineke has looked... Okay, he's got five touchdowns and three interceptions on the year. For the Falcons, they go and pull off an upset against the Giants last week to get some momentum on their season started. Matt Ryan, four touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. Uh, Calvin Ridley sort of coming to his own, 20 receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown. I think if you go back and you look uh, against the Falcons game and the Buccaneers game, the, what the Buccaneers were able to do, I'm not – saying that the Buccaneers and the Washington team's defense are the exact same, but there is some similarities there. And if there's ever a time for the Washington football team to their defense to really get going, I think this could be a game to do that. I'm going to take Washington over the Falcons in this next one. Uh, the Moving on the next one, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. It's a 16-point spread right now, the Bills and the Texans. The Bills are going to win this. Davis Mills is just not going to be good enough to keep up with Josh Allen in that offense that seems to be finding its place after that week one loss to the Steelers. I take the Bills in this one. 
pretty easily. Our next game is the Lions and the Bears. This is a sack pick as well. This is the first over-under of the year. I am going with the under 42. I think the Bears have a lot of questions on offense still. The Lions, they're capable of putting up a ton of points, but I think they are going to face the either first or second best defense that they faced all year in this Bears defense. You could argue the 49ers is better, uh, but I think the front defensive line for the Bears has a lot of just nasty dudes and Hicks and Mack if he's healthy. I know he left last the game last week against the Browns for a little bit with a foot injury, but if he's available, I love this under. I ultimately will probably take the Lions in this game. Um, they're due. They're a scrappy team. They've been close on a couple occasions. This is about time they get one. Uh, moving on, a pretty important game here. The Panthers and the Cowboys Panthers sitting undefeated 3-0. They're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. And then the Cowboys coming off a big win on Monday Night Football, 41-21 or 14-41-21, excuse me, this past week. Dak Prescott looked great in that game. He was able to go for 238 yards and three touchdowns. Zeke reclaimed his spot as the number one back in that offense with 95 yards and two touchdowns. Everything was clicking. Nothing Nothing was able to be stopped by the Eagles' defense, and the Eagles really just couldn't. They were a non-factor on the ground. You go and you look. Uh, Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher there with nine carries and 35 yards. It got dictated to them what they had to do. They had to throw the ball. They were down early and often. It was 7-7 there for a little bit after a fumble interception in the end zone by Cox, I believe for the Eagles, but after that, it was smooth sailing for the Cowboys. On the Carolina side of the ball, they lose Christian McCaffrey. They lose talented rookie J.C. Horn, the cornerback. It'll be interesting to see what this offense is going to be able to do without though, without McCaffrey, sort of their spark, spark plug. So for that reason, and I think the establishment of the run and the improving Dallas defense who leads the NFL in takeaways right now, uh, shocking, I will take the Cowboys in this one. I think they're going to ground and pound. Dak will pick his spots and beat them when he has to. And I think they probably get a fumble or an interception on Darnold at a key point in the game. And the Cowboys pick up the win. The next game, we have the Dolphins and the Cowboys. I am going to go, excuse me, the Dolphins and the Colts. We just had the Cowboys. The Dolphins and the Colts. I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. They're frisky. They're better than what their record is. The Dolphins looked okay last week, getting uh, a loss in the overtime against the Raiders, who's who just screeched by. Uh, Jacoby Brissett in that one went for 384 yards and an interception. I just think the Colts, they're due. They're they're better than their record. They had a couple, couple of tough games. Uh, you open up with the Seahawks, Rams, and Titans. Those are all playoff contender teams. And I know the Dolphins are sort of in that race, but I think they're a step below those guys and those teams. So I'm going to take the Colts to get the win. Um, but... Gosh, that Dolphins defense is good. Hopefully Carson Wentz just doesn't turn the ball over and can manage that game because I think they're good enough to beat the Dolphins straight up. But if he's turning the ball over, then that's where things come, issues start to happen. But I think the Colts do. They're due. They're due. They're too good to be 0-4. They win this game. The next game, we have the Giants going to New Orleans. The first game for the Saints in the Superdome. 
They had to play their first game in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. I think this is going to be a route. I think one of the few places that home field advantage actually matters outside of weather uh, with actual noise. Seattle's one of them. Arrowhead's one of them. And New Orleans is one of them. I think those three places really are actual home field advantages when it comes to noise in the NFL. I think the Saints, they they looked okay last week. Jameis didn't do anything stupid. Totally stupid. He didn't turn the ball over a ton. Uh, They were able to stifle the Patriots' offense to only 13 points. I think it could be a recipe of the same. Get some pressure on Daniel Jones, have him turn the ball over, and they end up winning. Jameis doesn't do anything stupid. I like the Saints in this one uh, pretty comfortably. The next game, Titans-Jets. I think the Jets could have some success in this one. A.J. Brown will probably be out for the Titans, the wide receiver, and Julio Jones, apparently, I read, is dealing with an injury on his own. If those two guys are out, I think there is a possibility for the Jets to keep this one closer than what the spread indicates. I don't think the Titans have this crazy good defense that is going to totally get after Zach Wilson, and hopefully he can cut down on some interceptions and keep the Jets in this game a little bit longer. I ultimately do have the Titans to win this game. I think Derrick Henry will do Derrick Henry things, maybe have a massive game for the Titans on the ground without potentially the two-star receivers for the Titans, but I do think that the Titans do win this game over the Jets, but the Jets keep it closer than the seven points. Our next game, the Chiefs coming off a loss to the Chargers last week. Both of these teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, sitting at one and two, extremely surprised by what the Chiefs are doing right now. Um, a lot of it seems like a lot of the games that over the course of the last two years that when they're close, Patrick Mahomes would take over, and the Chiefs would somehow win. That seems like luck is running out and the coin is flipping on the other side they're losing these games so far this year I still contend that I think the Chiefs are one of if not the best teams in the NFL Um, I think it's a rough patch for them right now but this is a perfect opportunity to rebound uh if the Cowboys were able to put up 41 points, the Chiefs should be able to put up at least 41, 40 points. Um, and I think that the Chiefs defense will be able to cause Jalen Hurts some issues. Maybe Tyron Matthew gets an interception or so, and the Chiefs end up winning this game. The next game, we have the Cardinals going to the Los Angeles Rams. Everything in my body says take the Cardinals in this. So I am ultimately going to take the Rams in this. This It's not a sack pick, but everything about this game screams take the Cardinals, take the Cardinals. It's a huge win for the Rams last week. They're going to have win hangover, all this stuff. It's I want to take the Cardinals so bad, but everything about it screams Cardinals, so I go Rams. We look at the Rams last week getting, again, as I mentioned, a huge win against the Bucks. Matthew Stafford was able to throw for 343 yards and four touchdowns. Sony Michelle did all right. They got him 20 carries. It was, I understand it, they were up and they were trying to milk the clock, but if they can find some balance like that, I don't need 20 carries for the main running back, but 15, 18 carries rather than the like 10, 12, 14 carries uh, for Henderson when he comes back. That would be great because I think this offense becomes even more dangerous when there's an actual running game that a defense has to fear and those play actions with Stafford 
are, have to actually be honored rather than they're just window dressing on the plays, then I think this offense gets really dangerous. And that defense for the Rams showed up as well. Limited Tom Brady to only one touchdown. Um, the leading rusher for the Rams, excuse me, for the Buccaneers was Tom Brady with only 14 yards. So the Rams defense came and showed up and played extremely well. Uh, for the Cardinals, as I mentioned, they eked out a win last week uh, against the Jaguars, 31-19. They're due. I understand that, again, everything points to take the, che- the Cardinals in this, but we take the Rams. The next game, we have the Seahawks and the 49ers. I am going to go with the Seahawks in this one. I think the 49ers are going to still be reeling from the loss on Sunday night a little bit. I think Jimmy Garoppolo probably has himself a one of his worst games of the year so far this year in this game. And I think the Seahawks do end up winning this one. The next one is a big one in the AFC. Uh, you have the Broncos hosting the Ravens. The Ravens coming off a monumental win because of Justin Tucker setting the made field goal record on the last second uh, field goal that he hit, 66 yards. Not to mention, though, don't want to bring it up, but there was a delay of game penalty on the play before that. But apparently it doesn't matter in Detroit for the Ravens when that happened. They just said, fuck the Lions. It'll be interesting to see what the sort of depleted wide receiving core for the Broncos is able to do against one of the better secondaries in football in the Ravens. Um, I can see Lamar and the Ravens offense sort of struggling against this defense of the Broncos because I think their secondary is right up there with the Ravens for one of the best in football. And I think their front seven is playing extremely well right now in Von Miller. So if they're able to slow down the run game of the Ravens and make Lamar beat you through the air, I think they have a decent chance to do that, especially with Hollywood Brown and his drops that he's had recently. Um, That was a theme last year. He had three drops this past week against the Lions. It seems to be like it's going to be a problem this year as well. I will, I'll take actually, I'll take the Broncos to upset the Ravens and uh, win this game. Technically, it's not an upset. Uh, Denver's favored by one point right now, but I just don't, I don't know how you can say. I test wise, you probably think. The Ravens are the better team, and I, I think that's what a lot of people are going to probably blindly bet on that as that, but I will take the Broncos. The next game, God, I'm so fucking ready for this game to be over already because that's all the major uh, sports publications and TV shows have talked about, but you have Tom Brady making his return to New England on Sunday Night Football. The Bucks going to New England. I, uh, I don't care that much about this game it's my sack pick of the week my third one the bucks minus seven hopefully it comes down from that um i i think the buccaneers absolutely go into foxborough and beat the shit out of the patriots i think the front seven for the buccaneers is going to cause problems for mac jones all night i think tom brady is going to look to try and put on a show and upstage whatever the 
New England defense is going to try and do upstage. Uh, Mac Jones and, and Bill Belichick. I think it's a route, and I think the Buccaneers beat the Patriots quite handedly. Following that, on Monday night, we have the Raiders and the Chargers, a big matchup in the AFC West. And the Raiders surprisingly at 3-0, and they're doing it in a multitude of ways. Derek Carr has looked, dare I say, really good through the first three games. Um, 1,200 yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Ruggs has come on pretty well. He's turned into that deep threat that can extend the field, and that's big because you sort of have Darren Waller last year, and then it's sort of a question mark. This year, Hunter Renfro, Ruggs, they're sort of coming into their own, understanding the roles. Gruden's getting them the ball in a multitude of ways. It's The offense is coming together for them. The defense have been able to get pressure when they needed to, and that's been huge for the Raiders so far this year. I will, uh, for the Chargers, though, Herbert sitting at 956 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Eckler hasn't gotten to get going yet on the ground. I think this could be a game for them to do that. I will take the Chargers, and they have a great defensive line. I'll take the Chargers over the Raiders on this one to get a big win in the AFC West. Hopefully the Chargers do not come out with that with some flatness after the big win they had last week against the Chiefs. That does it for week four in the NFL. We are now going to switch focus to college football. We are now in week five of the college football season, and it is finally, after a few down weeks with the scheduling, we are looking at quite possibly the best week of the college football season so far. Uh, You have a ton of top 25 matchups in this one, a couple top 10 matchups as well. It looks to be an extremely exciting week. It gets started on Thursday as Virginia goes to Miami. I think this is going to be an extremely high-scoring game. Uh, Both of these offenses are pretty good. Uh, The quarterback play for Miami with King has been Less than good this year. He's only got three touchdowns through the air and four interceptions. As I mentioned in the mail sack segment with Connor Barnes's question, uh, the quarterback for Virginia, Armstrong, has played extremely well. 1,700 yards and 13 touchdowns already. I expect it to be an extremely high-scoring game, but I think it being at Miami and I think Miami having a bit more athletes, they're going to be able to wear down Virginia and get the win. Next, we have on Friday, Iowa going to Maryland. I think the Hawkeyes could be on upset watch here. Uh, Tua's little brother is the quarterback for Maryland. He's been balling out so far this year, has been making some great decisions through the air. 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, and an interception. Fleet Davis on the ground for Maryland has played extremely well as well. Four touchdowns. Um, It'll be interesting to see what side wins out whether Iowa's defense who has been pretty good all year or Maryland's offense who is explosive at times who wins out I don't know if Iowa has the capabilities to score with Maryland as much and I think it's going to be a raucous environment I will actually take Maryland to upset Iowa in this one I think it's a massive massive win for the Maryland program I take Maryland over 
Iowa. We look to now the Saturday games. Ohio State plays Rutgers. At Rutgers, Ohio State's a 15-point favorite. As an Ohio State fan, I feel like I need to talk about this game. Most of the time, this could be just something that gets glossed right over. It's Rutgers, whatever. Shiano there for Rutgers has them playing well. The quarterback there for them, Verdell, five touchdowns on the year. Um, It's still a learning and growing process for much of the Ohio State team. They played Akron last week, and they were able to get a lot of young guys reps. They sat C.J. Stroud because of a shoulder injury. Hopefully he can come back and be what everybody thought he was going to be, and the defense can play well. I do like Ohio State to win this game. Hopefully they can cover, but I don't think they cover the 15. That's a weird number. I'll take Ohio State, but not to cover. The next game. Florida goes to Kentucky. Florida is sitting an eight-point favorite right now. UK looked decent last week against South Carolina. Their defense was very good, but that offense was hit or miss, whether that was going on the road for the first time, if that was the issue or what. Um, In that game, Levis, 102 yards and an interception, so not what they did at all, but it was sort of an old-school win For UK, the ground and pound, the defense steps up. I think this game, if Kentucky's going to have a chance, Levis is going to have to play his best game of the year. And it is a little discouraging that his last two games are probably his worst two games uh, rather than the first two games being the better of the four that he's played so far this year. But the playmakers are there for Kentucky to be able to hang with Florida. It'll be how well does the defense play for Kentucky and if Levis can come in and not try and force things and takes what the defense gives him then Kentucky has a chance in this I really want to take Kentucky but I'm going to say Florida comes in and breaks the hearts of the big blue nation and they get the win the next game one of our first top 10 matchups you have Arkansas going to Georgia Arkansas on the year they Undefeated, surprisingly. Uh, Jefferson for them, six touchdowns, two interceptions on the air. The defense is what really is Arkansas' strong suit. Unfortunately, I think they go up against an even better defense this week in Georgia. I I could see this being low scoring, but I think Georgia just has too much talent on that defensive side of the ball. And I think Arkansas' offense at times is a little one-dimensional and isn't going to be good enough to exploit any weaknesses on Georgia's defense. So I will take Georgia over Arkansas. Georgia as well with JT Daniels back quarterback, 567 yards and five touchdowns through the air. That's He's going to need to start playing a little bit better. I understand that defense is really the catalyst for this team. I mean, I understand they played Vanderbilt last week, but they were able to keep them scoreless. The offense was able to put up 55 points. Um... I do take Georgia in this one just because I don't know if Arkansas is ready to go into that type of environment and beat a team like Georgia just yet in Sam Pittman's tenure there. But it it's great for Arkansas. I'm glad they're getting some pub. I think Pittman's a great hire, but I don't think they beat Georgia this week. Next, we have Wisconsin hosting Michigan. Michigan sitting at 4-0. Wisconsin coming off a loss last week to Notre Dame where it was close and then it wasn't close at all at the end. Um, I think Michigan beats them. I think Wisconsin's quarterback play with Mertz is just 
terrible. One touchdown, six interceptions on the year. They don't really have the run game that they're known for. Um, Michigan is doing extremely well on both sides of the ball right now. They're running back, their leading rusher, Corum, seven touchdowns on the year. McNamara, three touchdowns for the air on the year. Uh, you'd like to see them pass the ball a little bit better, but the ground and pound game has been there all year for Michigan, so I take Michigan to grind out a win against Wisconsin. I feel like Wisconsin's going to come out deflated in this one. Um, I feel like last week was their big chance against Notre Dame to get to re-energize this season. Now, yeah, your fans at home again. And I get the game last week wasn't at home. It was in Chicago. But I think it'll be hard for those fans to get up for this game. I take Wisconsin to lose in this game against Michigan. Moving on, TCU and Texas. I think Texas wins that game. I think it'll be a good game as well. Minnesota and Purdue, that's... I think Purdue wins that one, especially if Bell is back. Uh, Minnesota has looked up and down all year. Louisville and Wake Forest. Wake Forest sitting at 4-0 on the year. Uh, 21st, 24th in the country. Louisville coming off two wins. Wake Forest, what's their what's their line here? Line is, geez, six and a half. I will go Wake Forest in this one over Louisville. I think they maybe fall flat in this one. Uh, I go with Wake Forest over Louisville. The biggest game of the day for me, Cincinnati-Notre Dame. I've been saying it since the year started, and apparently Vegas agrees with me. Cincinnati's going to go to South Bend and upset Notre Dame. Um, I still think Notre Dame has a ton of questions on the offensive side of the ball, and I think Cincinnati's defense is going to be the best, if not one of the best, if not the best defense they play this year. Um, Fickle has that team flying around on that side of the ball. Desmond Ritter's going to need to have his biggest game of the year to date um, to win this game, and luckily he hasn't had to really go out and win a game as much this year uh yet i think this is the game that he does that and they go and they win in south bend i take cincinnati over notre dame the game other game that a lot of people are going to be watching the 330 game alabama hosting ole miss i think this is going to be excuse me points 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 ultimately alabama wins this they were in a dogfight a couple weeks ago against Florida, this last week, they play Southern Miss and just completely blow them out, put up 63 points on them. Uh, Ole Miss has gone into Alabama before and won. It'll be shocking if they do it again. I think it'll be close for a little bit um, because I do think Ole Miss is going to come out and try and punch them in the mouth and hang with them for a little bit. Um I think Ole Miss has some talent, some speed, and some strength to match Alabama for a little while, but then I think Alabama does ultimately end up pulling away um, and winning. I definitely think Ole Miss covers the 14.5, though. The next game I want to talk about is Oregon going to Stanford. Keep an eye on this one. Stanford is they're, they're scrappy. They're not great, but they're scrappy. I I. Look for Stanford to keep this one close and potentially pull off the upset. Next game, Oklahoma going to Kansas State. Kansas State last year upset Oklahoma. I don't think it happens again. Um, But there are some fans that got a little vocal last week as Oklahoma 
barely squeaked by West Virginia, calling for the backup quarterback over Spencer Rattler. After seeing that and then watching a video from high school of Rattler being a total fucking dickhead uh, to one of his teammates, and Rattler could have grown and changed and everything like that from that point. Um, I'm starting to have some questions about Spencer Rattler. Uh, He hasn't played great in really any game this year. He has an opportunity in this one to come out and do that. Um, I think it'll be necessary because I think Kansas State is a good team, especially with the running back Vaughn. Um, I think one of the most underrated players in all of college football. Now's a great time for Rattler to show up and say, hey, I I was a Heisman frontrunner. I'm the starter for this just quarterback factory of a team for a fucking reason. Um, And this is why. He's got a great opportunity to do that this week. I'll take Oklahoma to beat Kansas State. Um, Moving on, Baylor and Oklahoma State. Both of these teams sitting at 4-0. I'll go with Oklahoma State because it's in Stillwater. Sanders there for the quarterback for them. Four touchdowns, an interception, and 599 yards. But uh, Warren on the ground for them, 387 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I'll take Oklahoma State over Baylor in that. Western Kentucky plays Michigan. Why does Western Kentucky have so many good teams that they're playing this year? They played, I, I, they played Michigan State this week. They've played Indiana. They played Army. Um, I think. I think getting into the conference play for Michigan, for excuse me, WKU is going to be a good thing. Uh, a game that flies under a lot of people's radar here. Uh, two of the worst teams in college football. You have UConn and Vanderbilt playing each other this week. UConn at zero and four. Vanderbilt at one and three. Vanderbilt fourteen and a half point favorites. Um, watch that one if you're bored. I think it could be hilarious to watch. Boston College going to Clemson. I would have loved, loved, loved to take the Eagles in this one if Clemson hadn't a loss last week. Now I think they get a pissed off Tigers team with Dabo and them coming back. I think Clemson wins this game pretty comfortably, but I wish I could have taken Boston College in this one. I, If Clemson would, wasn't upset last week, I think this was the week that they would have gotten upset. Uh, an exciting game, Pac-12 after dark. You have Arizona State going to UCLA. UCLA coming off the loss. Last game they played against, excuse me, they beat Stanford. They lost two weeks ago against Fresno State. Um, in that last game, Dorian Thompson-Robinson doing his usual thing, 251 yards and two touchdowns through the air. And then uh, rushing-wise, he had <clears> – <throat> 30 yards and two touchdowns. I cannot speak high enough. I love the way he plays. Um, I think Arizona State with Daniels as well there for him. I think at quarterback, that'll be an extremely exciting matchup. He's not done great passing the ball so far this year. He's got three touch, three interceptions to two touchdowns. He's going to have to have a big game if the Sun Devils are going to go into UCLA and pull off the upset, but I will take UCLA. And then... The another game to watch late at night, Auburn going to LSU. Auburn with a bit of a quarterback issue on their hands, Bo Nix and Finley last week splitting time there. Uh, Finley led the winning drive and everything to win that. Um, 
LSU night crowd will be rocking. That's an extremely tough place to play. Um, LSU last week getting the victory, I believe, against uh, Mississippi State, 28-25 there on the road. Both of these teams, I think, are extremely okay football teams. Just because it's at LSU, though, I will take LSU. Hopefully, they can get Stingley back and he can be a force for them. Whew. All right, that is going to do it for episode 89 of Carson Sack Podcast. I am unsure of if there is going to be an episode next week, as I will be in California um, for that Browns Chargers game. If it is the audio quality, I would like to apologize for that. I will not be traveling with my microphone. If I do do an episode, it will be. Sans microphone, so the audio might be a little less lower quality. I apologize about that immediately. Um, I imagine if I do do an episode, Polly Marino might make a return, which is uh, a bit concerning as well. I've not discussed that with her, if she even wants to do that or anything. But uh, I will let you know sometime early next week if there will be an episode. If not, um, I apologize, but I'm on vacation and I... I'm going to take a break. Uh, Before I get out of here, like, review, subscribe, all of that, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your your, uh, podcast from. I was going to say your iTunes from. What an idiot. Um, Thank you, as always, for listening. We are going to be at 90 episodes the next time you hear me coming through your speakers into your ears. That is... uh, 10 away from 100 we're inching towards the century mark thank you for the support truly truly appreciate it and uh thank you for listening to episode 89 of carson sack podcast where we talk balls and as we always end here on the sack we will be like goes on